This is the message from Connection Community Church for this Sunday, March 25th, 2012. Journey of Hope. Help. Help. It's, uh, it's so hard to ask for at times, and yet sooner or later, we're all going to need it. Um, that's our focus today as we continue traveling with Jesus on this journey of hope. Good morning, Connection Church. It is great to worship with you this morning. Thank you so much for coming today. My name is Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we're two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Would you pray with us, please? God, we do greet you this day. And what a great way to start by singing praises. Sing to the King. Grace like rain, everlasting God. Song of hope, Lord. You are our hope. And now... Help us right now. We're asking for help, for you to help us set aside the worries of the day and meet us right here, right now. Open up our hearts so that we might feel your touch. We look forward to that, Lord. We pray this in your name. And all of Connection Church said, Amen. Amen. Help, I need somebody help. Not just anybody help. You know, I need someone Help, aren't you glad I didn't sing that? Yeah. You know, uh, sing, the Beatles sang that first back in 1965. How many of you got oh, to hear that when it first came fair. out? this is not fair. Don't ask this. Okay. We're proud of it then. Of course, All I right. was too. That's good. Wanted to know I wasn't alone there. All right. You realize that was 47 years ago. Okay, now you really were all like happy and now. It's well, I don't like, know why you're not happy. You're here. You're here. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I'm proud of every one of those years. You know, the thing is, though, that, that help I need somebody is as true today as it was back then, as it has been for all time. Ever since, ever since Adam needed someone and God provided Eve way, way, way back. Help, I need somebody. It's true. We all need help. Uh, our challenge... Our challenge is being able to admit it and being willing to ask for the help, especially the guys, the men. Can I get an amen on that? Amen. See, it was all the women that said amen on that. Did you see that? Yeah, yeah, that's funny. Okay, so we have to ask, though, why is it so difficult to ask for help? Why do we avoid asking for help? Why do we think that help is a sign of weakness? Because I think when you get right down to it, that's what we think. Oh, if I have to ask for help, that means I am weak. That is completely false. Because actually, asking for help is a sign of strength. Those who do not ask for help are weak. Because they think... I think I can do it on my own, and I don't need anybody else. And so um, there are times, though, when we do get caught in that trap where we think that we can manage everything, we're capable of doing everything ourselves, we are truly self-sufficient. We don't need anybody else. You know, help is a theme that we find throughout the Scriptures. 
And as we've said before, you know, God didn't put us here to be islands unto ourselves, but to be in community with one another. Being in community is, is the theme throughout the Old and New Testament, to work together, to help one another. Jesus said he came to serve and not be served and calls us to do the same. And that's just another way of saying help those around us. In John 15th chapter 13 verse, Jesus challenges us to the greatest expression of help there is when he shared this. He said, greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. In the New International Version of the Bible, we find the word help or some derivative of that word 287 times. Now that's a lot of help. 66, or nearly one-fourth of those help references, are found in a certain book in the Bible. Now, there's a couple pastors in the room, so you guys don't answer this. But are there <laughs> others who might know where most of that, those words of help come from? Psalms. You got it. It's from the Psalms. And if you want words of hope, but also hearing cries of help, go to the Psalms. There is one psalm that is particularly well-known and one of our personal favorites. It's Psalm 121. If you have your Bibles, you're invited to open up to 121. But we also have the words on the screen. I'd like to share it with you. I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. Say the rest with me. The Lord will watch over your coming and going both now and forevermore. What an incredible word of hope for us, but also I lift my eyes to the hills. Help, help. Mm. And so throughout the scriptures, we are called to, to be in community, to serve one another, to help one another. Um, you know, we are in this church often talk about being the hands and feet of Jesus for those around us, those in the community, those in the world. That being said, though, the thing is, when we are really where we're just screaming for help, when, when our very, uh, we're screaming for help from the very core of our soul, it's not, a lot of times it's not the people around us, though, that we turn to. It's the one we turn to in this Psalm 121. We turn to the Lord, don't we? When we're at the absolute screaming out for help point in our lives. And that is because God is our ultimate help in our times of greatest need. In this Psalm 121, we're reminded that it is, it is, as he said, where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord. My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. And it is the, the Lord who watches over us, who will keep us from harm, who will, who will watch over our comings and goings now and forevermore. You know what's interesting is that Even people who haven't claimed Christ as their Savior, when they're really up against it, when nothing else makes sense, we do hear that the cries are to that power that is greater, that we know 
as God, Son, and Spirit. We find this all throughout the scripture. Jesus followed in his father's footsteps. Throughout the gospel stories, the gospels are the books in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. They are stories about Jesus, Jesus' life, Jesus' teaching. We can read what Jesus did and, and how Jesus responded. We can read in those Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John gospel stories, gospel means good news, that Jesus is the go-to guy. Jesus is the go-to guy. We're reminded of a story in the Bible in one of those Gospels where there was a man with leprosy who begged Jesus on his knees to make him clean if Jesus was willing, and he did. We're reminded of the paralytic. Great story where a paralyzed man, with the help of his friends, was lowered through a roof. That's the only way they could get access to Christ. Who um, His friends were saying, heal this guy, heal our friend, so that he could once again walk. And he did. We're reminded of those with evil spirits who came to Jesus to have those spirits driven out. And they were. We're reminded of, of the mother-in-law who was sick in bed with fever and their family asked Jesus to um, heal her. And she was. We're reminded of the crowds with diseases who sought Jesus day in and day out wherever Christ went. For instance, the woman with the hemorrhage, she had been bleeding for 12 years and she knew that if she could just get a little bit closer, just, just touch the hem of his garment, she could be healed. And, and he said, your faith has healed you. She was healed. Stories go on and on and on about how one person or another, that's you and me, turned to Christ in their greatest time of need. Jesus was the one that they sought in their greatest time of, of need, of help. You know, we're also reminded of, um, of a guy named Bartimaeus. Blind Bartimaeus, we're told in the Scripture when we think of those who called on Jesus for help. Here's Bartimaeus' story. Then they came to Jericho. As Jesus and his disciples together with a large crowd were leaving the city, a blind man, Bartimaeus, which means son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. When he, <clears throat> when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him. Don't be quiet. But he shouted all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and said, Call him. So they called to the blind man, Cheer up on your feet. He's calling you. Throwing the cloak aside, his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him. And the blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. And immediately he received the sight and followed Jesus along the road. Wow. I love that immediately. If you want a lot of immediately, go to the book of Mark. There's a lot of Jesus immediately. Great, great stories. 
Well, Bartimaeus was not afraid to ask for help. In fact, he didn't just ask for help. He shouted for help. He cried out. It's like, Jesus, help me. Jesus, help me. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And even when he was told to be quiet, even when he was rebuked, rebuked is is a word that means um, reprimanded. Even when that happened, even when nobody wanted to hear of him, you know, he was hushed, hushed, hushed. That caused him to shout even louder, to cry out even more, son of David, have mercy on me. What's interesting here is what Jesus did next. Jesus asked him a question. Have mercy on me. Okay, then there's a question. What do you want me to do for you? Hmm. What is it that you want from me, Jesus asks. What do you want me to have mercy? Uh, How do you want me to have mercy? What is your cry? Hmm. So he didn't just have mercy, did he? He asked a question, and that's a pretty good question, isn't it? Because Jesus doesn't just assume that Bartimaeus wants Jesus' mercy to take the form of giving him sight. You know, we might assume that, but Jesus didn't assume that. He doesn't take for granted that sight is what Bart wants. And so Jesus calls Bartimaeus to precisely tell him what he is looking for from Jesus. Now here's the question for us today. What would you say What would you say if Jesus asked you that very same question? You know, as we travel with Jesus to the cross on this journey of hope, the question is, what are you looking for? The hope we speak about, what does that hope look like in your life? What are you seeking as we look toward the cross with Jesus? Perhaps you resemble Bartimaeus in, in some way or another. I, I believe that it, all of us do in one way or another. Maybe you two are blind. I know I certainly have been. Are you seeking Jesus' mercy that he would allow you to see things that you can't see right now? Are you seeking Jesus' mercy to open your eyes, open your eyes to something, to some truth? Do you want Jesus to heal the spiritual blindness in your life that's preventing you from having the life that Jesus offers you? Hmm. That life. Jesus is the way, is truth, is life. Do you want a cure for spiritual blindness? to allow you to see what Jesus truly has in store for you? Is that how you might answer that question? Or, or um, maybe you need to, Jesus to bring some other kind of healing to your life. Uh, maybe, it's, um, maybe it's an emotional healing. Maybe closing some recent wounds that you've received or perhaps to help with some old wounds that, that maybe you thought were healed but have left some painful and ugly scars on your soul. And maybe you've been nursing those hurts for a really long time, maybe too long, allowing them to draw your attention, causing you ongoing pain focused on the past rather than looking toward the bright and and glorious tomorrow that Jesus 
healing power promises to you. Maybe you seek some spiritual healing. Maybe there's a time in your life when you feel that God didn't do what you wanted God to do. You offered up a, an honest prayer, an honest cry for help in your mind, and God didn't deliver the way you wanted God to deliver. And so it kind of, you know, you feel, I know at times I have, you know, does God even hear? Does God even care? And so then we begin to build up a wall like that becomes like cement barriers sometimes to God, although God can get through those walls in a heartbeat. But we do that. It's not something God does. We do that. And so if Christ asks you, you know, what, how do you want me to, you know, what do you want me to do for you? Your answer might be, God, please let me know that you hear my cry for help. Please let me know that you love me. Sometimes we need that, that gentle touch by the Lord. That might be our answer. Or maybe, maybe you're screaming out to Jesus to have mercy on you, like Bartimaeus. And, and when Jesus asks, what do you want him to do for you? Your, your answer quite simply is, Jesus... I need you to help me let go of some relational hurts that I've carried around for a while. Uh, Jesus, I need you to help me to forgive. Knowing that forgiving doesn't mean that I'm saying what happened is okay, but knowing that forgiveness can release me from the pain of the past. Or maybe you're the one seeking forgiveness. Maybe you've done some things, something that you just can't imagine that God would ever release you from. Well, that's a lie that the evil one has put in your head because there's nothing that God won't forgive. God, in fact, the work has already been done on the cross. It's already been done. But perhaps, perhaps if if Jesus were to say to you, what can I do for you? Your answer could be, forgive me. Forgive me for what I have done. Help me understand that, that you've let that go, that you have no memory of that when I ask for forgiveness of that. Release me from my past. And maybe it's not just one thing. Maybe, maybe it's your whole life up till now. Huh? When Jesus says, what can I do for you? Maybe your response is, Jesus, you can give me for all the times I've let you down. For all the times I've turned my back on you. For all the times that I nailed you to the cross. Jesus, have mercy on my soul and forgive me my trespasses. That's that churchy word for my wrongdoings, my, my sins. Please help me also to be able to forgive others as I'm asking you to forgive me. Maybe your answer is as simple as this. Jesus, I need help. I need help, and I can't help myself. It hasn't been working for me. <laughs> I need a savior. It's not me. It's you. Please come into my life. Change my heart. 
Help me turn from what I've been doing and toward you. Please be my life. You know, each week we pull something out of our backpack as we're on this journey, and this week we're going to pull out a, um, a walking stick. It's a modern one. It's not wood. It's metal. It kind of looks like a uh, pole that you use for skiing, but it's a walking stick. Use a walking stick when you're getting a little tired, when you need a little help along the path, on the journey, when you need something to lean on. Reminds us of Jesus, doesn't it? We need a little help along the journey. We need somebody to lean on. Jesus Jesus is our, our walking stick, so to speak. He's the one we lean on. He's the one we turn to for help on this journey toward the cross. So we said in the beginning of, of our message today that it's really tough to ask. It is hard to ask. But also, if Christ were in front of us right now, which actually he is, and Jesus were to breathe into our our hearts, our minds, what do you want me to do for you? I think that that's also a hard answer because oftentimes we don't know. We don't know at the core really what we need from Christ. I was in a a time a number of years ago where I was dealing with this scripture and I was dealing with what do you want me to do for you, Carrie? And I did not have an answer. And so it was a, it was a struggle, but a good one as I dealt deep inside with what did I really need from Christ? And as the answer came over time, it wasn't instantaneous, but as it came over time, it had nothing to do with uh, my job. It had nothing to do with my children. It had nothing to do with Alan. It had everything to do with my heart. And so I was able to come to an answer, and I know that you can too as you lean into the question. Because it takes getting real deep into the core of our being, getting pretty honest with ourselves in order to know where we truly need help. And when we get to that spot, and actually it's a journey, the connection with Jesus and the life that he offers is, it's so beautiful and we're filled with joy in the midst of our cries. And we get some answers for the next leg of our journey. And so each of us cries out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus then asks each of us, what do you want me to do for you? What do you want me to do for you? And then the challenge for each of us is, what's our answer going to be? What's our answer going to be? What is it that we want Jesus to do? So we have a little bit of time as we close out the service to ponder that. To ask Jesus, to cry out to Jesus. You know, you can think it and he's going to hear it. You can feel it and he's going to know it. But to allow yourself to be in the presence of God right where you are. You can do that in your seats right where you are. You can come up 
on the steps and pray. Jesus loves it when we're in that position. It's a position of humility on our knees. Or if if you'd like somebody to pray with you, there are people in the back who are our prayer warriors who, who are ready to lead you through the sinner's prayer. If you're wondering about that journey with Jesus, they can pray you and talk you through that. But don't waste the time that God's given you to not dig deep. Because our hope is that if not today, might be tomorrow or next week, as you deal with the question that Jesus asks all of us, what do you want me to do for you, that it will become clear. Let's pray. Almighty God, you know, our lives get so crazy and we're sometimes, a lot of times we feel like we're just spinning our wheels and we have these these situations, these challenges, we, these needs, and, and we cry out like the shepherd boy David did in the Psalms and said, Lord, do you even hear me? Do you even know I exist? But then the promise in the scripture, in the word of God is, yes, I know every hair on your head. Yes, I created and formed you. Yes, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Just come to me. Lay your burdens before me. I will give you rest. And as we cry out to you, Lord, in mercy, we ask, I know I ask more of you and less of me. More, Lord, more. And God, each one of us are on this journey, this journey of hope. And some of us are at the very beginning at the starting line, and some of us are are along the path. None of us are at the finish line, but we're going to get there. (laughs) We're going to get there when we see you face to face. But for now, Lord, deal with us. Convict us. Prune us, whatever it takes, so that we might be able to come before you to get real and to cry out for your mercy and grace. That's a free gift that you give us. An unending, unconditional love. Lord, have mercy on us. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at www.connectioncc.org. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life that he offers.